Hi! Welcome to What You Reading, Dude. It's Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good way to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Enjoy! I don't remember when it happened today. It was Afternoon? really early in the morning. No, early in the morning. What? It was like before the sun came up here, which mm-hmm. is why we couldn't see it. It happened over the North Pole. <gasps> what? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Surprise. It was reaction. called something fun, so too. So no what one was it called? No one here would have seen it. They said that no. maybe on the East, East Coast, Coast, you could have seen a partial eclipse. <gasps> I don't or remember. Canada. Canada was set up pretty nicely. What up, Canada? It was a great name. Hold on. I, I don't remember it. the term, but the moon is like the furthest away from Earth than oh. it is all year. It was the ring of fire. The ring Whoa. of fire. Yeah, because the moon is smaller to, mm-hmm. than the sun. I only found out last it. night. So. so even if it's like the moon is so cool. passing over, it's smaller than Ring of fire. Yeah. Ring of fire. Yeah. Over the but North Pole? Come mm-hmm. on. What? Yeah. Right? It happened in the sign of Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Um, <laughs> the sun's Classic in Gemini, Gemini right now. And Mercury's in Gemini. Mercury's like also the ruler of Gemini. In the works for Mercury's what? also in retrograde <gasps> right Uh-oh. now. Yeah, Y'all, just know. take care of yourselves. <laughs> Don't panic. Yeah, so I was learning... That I guess eclipses are not, I mean, in like traditional astrology, they're like times to set an altar for things and like have a ritual for Mm. different things. But eclipses are not that time. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Eclipses are just shut down, rest. Oh, I like resting. Is that why I'm so tired today? Maybe. I think Mm. so. I think maybe that's why we're all feeling a little zened out and Mm -hmm. tired. (laughs) That's interesting. I could They're see like low energy moments, I think. Oh. Yeah. But that okay. makes a lot of sense given the sun how, is blacked out. Yeah. And you know, if you're tracing this back millennia, it's like or even just centuries, you don't fully know what's happening, but the sun is <laughs> getting Can you imagine? I know. Can I you think imagine about that a lot. Seeing an eclipse without and knowing what was be? happening. Wow. Crazy. Man. Like, that, no wonder they thought. And, like, when you have, like, when the moon is really red or any of these instances. Yeah. Like, like oh, cool. It might be like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's You're no wonder. Yeah, there are, like, so many <laughs> stories and lore and stuff that come out of these celestial yeah. events. But it also makes me think about the comfort that you can j- get just from understanding what something is. Like, it can mm-hmm. take something like, a moon that's looking like super ruby red and take it from being chaotic and terrifying to, oh, wow, that's so beautiful. Fascinating. And, yeah. And yeah. A nice thing to see. You don't see it every day, you know? I think the first time I saw a blood moon. Super, blood moon. Thank super you. Super blood moon. I'm over here like naming reds. Right before <laughs> or right after I moved to Seattle, and it was the first one I had ever seen, and I was like, this is scary. And now, like, 
they've happened so many times since I've been here. Maybe I just was not aware of them <laughs> before I moved say, to I Seattle. definitely saw blood moons in other places, but yeah, I just, just like looking. Well, I wasn't tuned into the moon and the stars <laughs> until yeah. I moved here, I guess. Well, one thing that's really cool in the city as well, which I'm sure many places have this <laughs> too, but there are some really great lookout areas, especially public parks. And when the moon rises over some of the hills, it can look massive mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. relation to the setting. And that's a good point. You know, it just blows my mind. And then trying to take a picture of it is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, with the many hills here, yeah, your opportunities to see the moon like at horizon is pretty great. That's a good point. Yeah, they're like these gorgeous shots that just happen when you walk across a street and you're like, wow, look at this corridor with, you know, the cascades and then the moon and you're yeah. trying mm-hmm. to take a photo in it. It's <laughs> and really then you're blocking traffic mm-hmm. and then all the photos are horrendous. <laughs> yeah. It was a great moment. We stand for the moon though. <laughs> we love the moon. For more information on the astrology side, <laughs> check out Chani Nicholas. She's awesome when explaining celestial events in relation to astrology. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Well, <sighs> shall we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are really relaxed today, but yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up with more energy. Yeah, we're so trying, let's see if we we're can trying to get that up. We're okay. trying to get the energy <laughs> up here. I'll chug more of this. No, no, <laughs> not to push you all. This is more for me too. So the show I wanted to talk about oh, yeah. today is the Mayor of Easttown. It's currently on HBO and HBO Max. I believe it's a limited series, though. Truth be told, I, I, I don't know. Well, and then sometimes they say they're limited series, and they're like, a year later, they're like, okay, it did really well. Surprise, it's not going to be limited anymore. Yeah, which you could argue it's been wrapped up, but you could find a way to create another season about something, I'm sure. And I'm not exactly sure when this is going to be posted, so I... <laughs> I want to make sure I'm not giving away too many spoilers. But also, this is probably going to be like a month or so after we recorded. So at that point, maybe the spoiler window has expired. Yeah. I don't know. Give us the I think down. a month is a good amount of time. Yeah. Give us the Although I down. have not finished it. So I don't... Just if you mm. do oh, want to go worry. on spoilers, I'll just close my ears and no, we'll be fine. I don't know anything. So give me the... The spoil spiel. everything. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. I will not mention who did it. Okay. You can if you want to. Yeah, no. (laughs) So this is a TV show, fictional, about a, I think she's a detective in a small town just outside of Philly. So East Town. It's a really small town where everybody knows everybody else's business. And is East Town a real place? I actually, I think maybe. Okay. Um, but you don't I have think to Google it. Might it. Actually, I just didn't okay. know if you would know because you lived on the East you Coast. Know. Phone a friend. Well, if it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, uh, so I did listen to one critique of the show before we recorded just to like go in with another person's opinions as well. And that person actually grew up in the area. And so I okay. do believe it's a real town. Okay, cool. Basically, this was like East Town and he was in like West Town or whatever. So same county, but... You know, fictional premise, but there was uh, there was so much realness in it. I just really. But what is the show about? Oh yeah, sorry. (laughs) I really messed up here. Let's go. All right, listen. I won't ask questions this time. This badass that is a detective in town trying to solve 
a murder mystery. And the unraveling of the crime happens in episode one. But what you're coming in on is a lot of baseline setting of Mare, the main character, kind of rooting her into the town, seeing her role and seeing how she is an investigator, but she also has this social work aspect to her job. And then you also get to see her family life and see that, you know, things aren't all happy and smiley. There's, you know, some trauma that has happened that you don't know all of in the beginning, but you can just tell there are a lot of family dynamics. But then there's also some tension in the town. So she grew up in this town and was kind of like a childhood hero for Mm. something. And so she's really well known. And about a year prior to when the story starts, this high schooler in town goes missing. And Mm. she was on the case. And they just got nowhere with it. And so you're coming into a year later, the mother, who was, I think, a former friend of hers, is on TV just like, so upset at the police department and just like demanding that they bring in more resources and help bring this girl home. Mm. And you can tell there's kind of bad blood because Mare is obviously has tried and you can see the desperation that, you know, we, we just got nothing. And it was like such a cold case and those ties, there's, there's just a lot of, um, stank in the air like it's just a lot <laughs> gotcha. of like yeah and you know it's a small town and the mom works at the convenience store in town so it's not like she never sees her she runs into her a lot and that's just one of many storylines there's a bunch going on in the story they touch on the opioid em- epidemic but they really put it in a in a lens that is very relatable and I keep just wanting to say it's really real but I, I think they just do a really great job of having an accurate depiction of what it's like to have family members who are dealing with drugs and but they all are drug addiction and they have drug addiction portrayed in a number of different ways and in a number of different Mm. um yeah so it's not like oh how dare this person like the one person in town who uses this it's kind of all over the place it's very ubiquitous but it's like different forms of stuff but you can see the impact that it has on family members on the community so the the series is all about mayor diving into this new murder that happened within episode one sorry that is a spoiler okay i will just say spoiler (laughs) alert but i will i mean i think that's all as little as possible in the trailer so i don't think that's really a spoiler and if you've seen the snl skit that makes fun of it it's called murder dirter so like it's about a daughter that's murdered (laughs) yeah and (laughs) well you also just to talk about the show you do have to probably spoil it yeah yeah well and so like you know long story short like they bring in this guy who's supposed to be a hot shot from like county so basically they like bring in more reinforcement he's supposed to be like this whiz kid and so he teams up with mayor and you see as they're going along like this kid is just not holding a flame to her i mean she has such a rich history with everybody in the town which Mm -hmm. really helps in getting information and picking up on leads to take which definitely helps but then it the end of the day you just see the level of experience she has and she's picking up on things he wouldn't have even dreamed of <laughs> you know um and so she just looks like a badass he's a nice compliment to her though but anyway so the two of them they're trying to take on the town and 
sorry, this is not in a linear fashion. So the reason I started watching this <laughs> in the first place was because was one amazing. of one of my favorite podcasts, one of the hosts, she had talked a little bit about it as the episodes were being released. And at the end of the series, she was like, I got it. I did. She didn't say who it was, but she's like, I got it right. And I was just like, you know what? Let me see if I can do it. So I felt challenged just to see if I could figure yeah, it out. That's fun. I could not. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got it wrong every time. <laughs> oh, it was so frustrating. I was watching, like, my roommate and I watched this. And by episode four, I think there were like seven. I was coming up with all these ideas. I'm like, <laughs> so listen, he left the beer there. It was barely touched. He definitely did it. And I was coming up with these stories and crafting it. And I just fell for the traps, the traps that they laid. Time. Every time. Yeah. I thought, oh, I love that. Oh, my God. Which was great. But so frustrating. Yeah. I just <laughs> I, I wouldn't have even guessed. And like that too, with any sort of like murder mystery, thriller books or anything. Yeah. I'm just like, you think you're being so smart, and then it's like, like oh, I got it. Oh my god, wait, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. <laughs> and I have had discussions with my mom before about mystery novels, and I think TV as well, where it can be very difficult to lay the clues out in a way where it's not super obvious but at the same time you would maybe like to lead a path that yeah conceivably like someone could figure out somehow. yeah yeah and so i think it really shows to the skill of screenwriter <laughs> playwriter author to be able to do that in a way where you might be able to get to it but it it just takes like a high level of detail orientation and putting things together i don't even know i need to rewatch it now that I know yeah. and see if I would have gotten it because this one character I just like there were times I was like okay and I just mm, I can't it, it just <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was so good though okay here energy it's coming this show <laughs> this is not going to be very articulate but I, I really enjoyed this show I am not a huge murder mystery person I, I just don't really get into them. They're fine. I just, it's not it's my not your choice. Genre. Yeah, that's I fine. really enjoyed this. And hmm. I, I just thought that there were some really nice things that they added in. And nice is a really simple way to say that. But they have these really heavy topics. And they do it in a way that doesn't feel contrived. In my eyes, it, it just felt really natural the way they introduced some storylines. And the way they depict even the main character's trauma and like the fact that their their family has a traumatic event and you see the aftermath of it but they don't spend a lot of time focusing on certain points of the plot like this is a spoiler but there is at some point there is a paternity test for for a person and and you know in some movies or TV shows they do all this build up to it, you yeah. know, and then they'd have like a dramatic moment where they say who it is or yeah. isn't. And they don't do that. They they build up the like, hey, it would be great if you did this test, you know, and lay that out. And then it kind of happens in the background and you don't really see it happen. But then you come in on the actor and his reaction after the fact. And you don't get to see the immediate. You see, like, the information kind of hitting him after. Hmm. And I see that theme happen in a number of instances in the series. Like, even the 
the main character at one point, she starts going to a therapist and you don't see a lot of those sessions, but I feel like what was trying to get across to the viewers was the impact that that therapy was having. And it was really minor in a way, but it, it was a way of showing the impact of actions and plot points that I just hadn't really noticed before. Mm -hmm. And I, it kind of threw me for a loop in a way that I found really refreshing, but I could also see the argument that it's not really clear because you're like, well, was he the father? Like, we don't know. Like, because, you know, people lie at times in the show too. Like, it's a murder mystery. So you never know what's true and yeah. not true. Yeah. And so you see someone reacting and you're like, what is that? Like, is that true? Is that fake? Like, I don't really know, you know? And at the same time, time is very elusive and just, vague it's really hard to get a sense of how much time uh, is passing uh -huh. in the series okay. which I guess was helpful because you know in some shows like CSI <laughs> you know they they get a lot of crap for having these really complicated crime scenes get solved really quickly with these technologies that may or may not actually exist yeah. and it happens within like two days and so this is happening over months but it has the feeling and the urgency as if it's happening very quickly, you know? Oh, interesting. Which, yeah. So there were there were some things about the way the show was done that I really enjoyed. And the accents, too. Shout out to the accents, because they were on point. <laughs> the accents specifically, the not accent. the people doing <laughs> Not the <laughs> hey accent. You did a great job. You showed MVP up. MVP <laughs> over no, here. No, no. Shout out to no. the actors and actresses. What you're saying about like the clarity of timeline and shows mm -hmm. is interesting. Because like sometimes you're going to a show because you want it to be like solved at the end of the episode mm -hmm. and move on like a CSI type show. But this one seems more complicated and you don't really know what's happening. Yes. Which is sometimes nice mm -hmm. for the mental. It builds up the suspense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. keeps it coming back. When I totally. think about it, too, where in a show, even with, like, with limited series, what I've heard is one reason why they're the hit right now is, A, people, you know, with binge culture, you know, lends itself to just people watching a lot. And so instead of doing a two-hour movie where you need to really cut down all yes. the info, you can spread it out into 10 hours. You essentially, yeah, yeah you make like a 10-hour movie yeah. that has breaks. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like this, they could have drawn it out given all the things that were either sniffed out or intentionally sidestepped they could have had that go on for 12 13 14 like it, i think it was a good tempo but yeah they could have milked it if they wanted <laughs> i think <laughs> but who knows maybe at that point people would have been like just get to it who did this right <laughs> you know? i think it's better to not milk it than to milk it and yeah. then that loses people yeah and i think with time too another character of sorts that is in the show provides a rhythm to kind of like comic relief but it's not so much funny it's just a breath of fresh air so mm -hmm. there's this person whose role it seems really weird you're like is he involved in anything like this basically it's like a like a writer and i think maybe a temporary professor and so he's in town he and mayor end up going on like a date or to a couple it feels so irrelevant to the storyline but it's like that little bit of levity that maybe the character needed and the audience just to help 
kind of pull her out of reality for a bit. But also, if you're going through trauma or dealing with the after effects of traumatic experiences, especially if you're trying to deal with it by not dealing with it and just turning all that energy into your work or something else, I feel like, especially when you're in a small town, you can just feel trapped in that. He was one of a couple moments that helped kind of pull her out of that and just let her be an adult not in these intense situations 100% of the time, which I don't know. I, I feel empathy for her character, just like she needed that. That was great. But I, I will say one of the critiques I heard was about just the number of storylines happening at the same time and how the amounts of trauma it was almost like I heard the term like trauma porn where it was like okay stacking up so much it's like what are we doing here like Mm. wait until she breaks like ah interesting yeah which you know in retrospect I I kind of understand what they're talking about because there are storylines where it's like why did that happen what was the point Yeah. yeah which could help in that kind of like it could be like a red herring Mm -hmm. which i definitely think it was effective for that purpose but at the same time it's just like this is a lot but it's also i don't know i I go back and forth because i feel like it's really real you can't there's not a limit to someone's trauma no in real life no so lots of spiels but that's true no it sounds very interesting it may be a show that i have dip my toe into we'll see i would recommend it i i'm only like two episodes in, yeah. but i like it so oh yeah far. what is your t- i am sorry Jamie. no 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 <laughs> i want to listen to your take i'm only two yeah. episodes in so i don't know anything yet well how do you feel as it being like a murder mystery i love murder mysteries okay. so i'm all in i would be more than two episodes in if if i could if i wasn't so busy i would and i don't binge but i would binge it mm. but this is kind of like my thing this is what yeah. i love <laughs> I love people getting murdered and then figuring out who did it. <laughs> I love Don't we all? <laughs> it just, it didn't feel like a stereotypical murder mystery. And maybe I just don't watch enough. And so it maybe is. No, more, it's not. Like, and I, yeah. I think these days they're trying to break out of the mold. But mm-hmm. like, it does draw you in. Reminds me of, did you watch The Undoing? No. Okay, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of that in the way that the whole first episode it's also about a murder mystery basically on hbo but the whole first episode the person is still alive and you're like following her and then she doesn't die until the second episode and then it becomes a murder mystery so the whole first episode is just like someone living their life Hmm. so that is something i do enjoy when i watch mystery films or murder mystery is seeing how they choose to build up the character of the person who ends up being assaulted or mm-hmm. killed. And you know, whether they even choose to acknowledge their life or they're just like, well, girl died. Yeah. And then you play or, with all yeah. these stereotypes the for an hour. Yeah. An order kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. When you think about what the writers are trying to set up and what they're intentionally choosing and not choosing and the type of emotions they're trying to evoke from you, I feel like I've, I'm coming late to enjoying that, but I am in starting to enjoy dissecting shows and movies for mm-hmm. that more but i do recommend it not I'm sponsored <laughs> I'm gonna, i have no ideas yet i'm not even gonna bother guessing anything yeah. yet but mm-hmm. once i start 
we getting will really deep. I'm just going to text you my thoughts yeah. and you can just ignore them or laugh at them as no, they're no. probably the same ones that you had. I always I'll probably just tricks. send the eye emojis like I did when Lauren was reading <laughs> Harry Potter. Like That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. For the it was odd. so hard. Yeah. Okay. It's hard not to comment when you know. Well, okay, audience. So, as we have established, Lauren read the Harry <laughs> Potter series. Know. We bring it up every time. But <laughs> and Lauren read the Harry Potter. <laughs> that and me bringing up the website or, and yeah. our Gmail. <laughs> email. email us. <laughs> email us. Lauren read Harry Potter. And we might have mentioned this before, too, but Lauren would basically live stream, react to yeah. us via text <laughs> as she was getting into the thick or like the, you know, the most climatic point of each book. And Jamie and I were just like, ah! It was so wonderful and it was so awful because it's like all we wanted to do was like, oh my God, just wait. Just wait until this part. But obviously we didn't say that. So all I would do is send that double eye emoji like, "Mm." (laughs) and then I'm like, and we would do Did the what I say mean anything or no? (laughs) I'm like, where is the face to describe how I'm feeling? Yeah. Uh. Oh my god! It's fun as the person texting, though. It's fun to like just have (laughs) someone to throw all your comments at. It was so much fun. It was wonderful. Well, and then it would get to the end of the night, and you'd be like, "Why? I can't go to sleep yet." I'm like, "Hell no, you can't go to sleep." (laughs) Got an hour left in this fun. I gotta imagine. Oh my god! (laughs) Like they get to Azkaban, and I gotta go to bed. I'll see you later. Going to bed. Oh, way too many late nights reading. It reminded me of being like a middle schooler, staying up yeah. late on a school night reading a book. That's what so I did. So pure. Love it. Yeah. Well, high school. So high it's school. Also late to yeah. the game, but mm. not quite as late. I don't know. Those are like prime reading times. Oh, life was so simple then. You could just like dive into a book for hours, get lost. I know. I would just read for hours. Yeah. God, I don't remember the last time I read for hours. <laughs> Except never. for when I like can't sleep. I mean, <laughs> and Harry then I'm just Potter. Annoyed the whole time that I can't sleep. That's fair. Maybe I just need to reread Harry Potter. I've been starting to read the book for our bingo challenge, and I'm like, okay, let's start with 30 minutes a day. And I'm like, yeah. that's we're gonna try. Might fall asleep, but that is the goal. And yeah, we'll build up from there. I did that during when I had to work in the office because obviously I couldn't take my daily naps in the office, so I would just bring a book and read during lunch, mm. and that helped me a lot. But I don't have enough self-control at home to do that. Mini tangent. I love the ability to be able to take like a 15-minute nap while working from home. It is so nice. I took three naps today. Wow. (laughs) I was just thinking yesterday, I went on a walk with a friend who lives in the same building, and then we got beers after, and I was like, soon I'm not going to be able to just take a midday walk and go get beer. Word. (laughs) Come back. (laughs) I know we're reaching the point where I'm like, okay, this isn't forever, so I need to live it up. Like, yeah, back but next also, week. oh wow, so only once in the office next week, then twice a week, every week after that. Damn. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay, that can, happened. It best. could go up to three in <laughs> August. Yeah, I think we're probably gonna be back. <gasps> yeah, almost full oh time. In I'm not prepared. Yeah, part of me is like, live it up now, baby. Uh, And the other part of me is like, we need to get used to the real world because it's going to hit us. I've been complaining so much about wanting to go to work. And now that it's here, I'm like, but I like to nap. I don't don't want to do my face. (laughs) Even if it's not napping, there's nowhere. Okay, this is going to sound really whiny. 
there's nowhere to just like lay down. Like I don't need to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be away from. I just want to be comfortable. And, yeah. yeah. Or like you know, your uterus decides to know. just punch yeah. you in the gut, and you want to lay down for <laughs> a couple you need minutes. Find a hot pad. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I have had a hot pad while in a Zoom meeting. A hot pad in the office, but she doesn't work in my section anymore, so I don't even know if we're allowed to like see each other and talk. I wonder what's yeah. gonna happen. I mean, how did lunch? we do that? Do we I would just sit like, and eat de- lunch oh at my boy. desk for an hour. Listen. Oh. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. I used to eat lunch at my desk. How sad is that? No. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. We have like a tiny. When I say cafeteria, that's the wrong word. It's like a large kitchen, and then like maybe five or six dining tables. That's what we had. But we I don't know a- if we're allowed to like sit there anymore. And oh, eat right. With talking to other people. Maybe you could go outside. That's true. It is summer. It's summer. Yeah. We're going to we'll see, though, because I feel like once people were vaccinated, the restrictions went from zero to 100. They're like, never mind. Everything's optional. You yeah. know, so I mean, even there's some offices in town that are like, if you're vaccinated, masks are we're optional. Not, yeah. And I don't have to wear a mask if yeah. I can prove that I'm vaccinated. Yeah. So who knows? Cafeteria, so dining. But they're still making us do six feet apart, oh, everyone. Okay. So I don't know. I feel like tables. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just have one person Hello. at each end of the <laughs> yeah. table. It'll be and really you have to awkward. Shout. <laughs> to lunch. You yeah. gotta shout and get your like aerosols all up in the air. <laughs> What'd you do? I grew strawberries. Like, this is not worth yelling. Grew <laughs> strawberries? Where did that come <laughs> I from? I love it. Good for you. On the fly. On the fly. <laughs> There's some things I really miss and I'm excited about, but the commute for sure but then the breaks during the day like pre-pandemic if i needed to just get away from the computer screens and give my eyes a rest i felt like i had to have something that felt justified like some just I reason to do it i had to go to, to the bathroom it. or i yep. had to be getting coffee yeah i couldn't just like walk around yeah exactly yeah. I, well i sometimes would just print something random so i could read it oh. <laughs> <laughs> like like something that go. I needed to do for work, but it's like I don't want to read this on on the screen. The yeah. screen. But then I wait. I would print stuff all the time, <laughs> wasting paper left and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. emails. Just, just like, like oh, I'm yeah. gonna go sit at this other random table and read this thing. Yeah, not on the screen. It just makes me think about how we structure work in general, because it's like you're on the clock. You need to be working. You need to be efficient. Which I get it from, especially from a billing standpoint. Like not trying to waste your client or whoever is funding your company's money. But we're not machines as well. And I feel like one thing that the three of us have talked about at times, some of the rest that we have gotten while working from home has helped maintain some efficiency and productivity yeah. when we're working, you know? Like, I might be, I don't know. I go back and forth on thinking that I'm more efficient, equal or less efficient you know, now versus then, but it's just different context. And I'm allowed to give myself like a five minute break to not stare at the screen. And that helps me be more focused in the next hour or whatever it is. Well, I noticed the other day, I mean, during the day, it's nice because I can get like household tasks done in my work breaks, Mm -hmm. which sometimes may be a distraction. Who's to say? (laughs) But I did notice the other day I was working on a problem at work and was just kind of like, I don't know what the solution is. I tried a couple different things. I like left and did laundry and came back and I was like, I know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) 
Mm. Just like that short break away from the computer. Exactly. Versus spinning your wheels for an hour, doing something, and then realizing the next day you could have done it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Check it out. Check it out. Jamie's up. Transition. Time to talk about my favorite thing in the world. Naps. And sleep in general <laughs> we're bringing it back down yeah. to the earlier vibes what you read and do chill oh. <laughs> my okay so <laughs> the book i'm talking about a book this week because i read a book one of us have a book this week Yay! <laughs> and it's me of all people um, no, you read a lot <laughs> yeah i read too much at once and that's a problem Um, But I finished a book, and it was called My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg. It's M-O-S-H-F-E-G-H. Yeah. I'm just going to keep calling her Otessa because I'm bad at pronunciation. You know, my last name is not able to be pronounced either, so it's fine. So I first read or heard about this novel, and I don't – there's like a word that's escaping me, but – I used to get be subscribed to like an email like weekly newsletter with writings. There's like a word for email things, isn't whatever newsletter. I, I guess think you it's used a newsletter, it. but <laughs> but I thought there was one specifically for sweet. emails. It was zine. basically no, yeah, it's basically an email zine. Oh my god, <laughs> where it was just a um, thing where they sent like. Um, it was for writers they would send five different pieces of writing each week and like oh, every yeah. tuesday i would get that sounds it'd great. be like short stories or like summer excerpts from books so anyway i first heard about this book in that and that was a long time ago that was like 2017 and it's so it's been on my list to read forever i feel like it's a newsletter yeah <laughs> right i know we're like it could circle. be okay whatever it was a newsletter okay. Sorry, 2017 <laughs> and now it's 2021 so it's been a long time since i heard about it finally did it because i knew this was one i wanted to read so i wanted to wait until the right time yeah. but all i remembered really from the zine newsletter list serve was <laughs> it's about a woman who takes a year off of doing everything and all she does is sleep i'm like that sounds wonderful tell me more i did not remember exactly what the book was about realized that as i started it Uh but it's fine because i really liked it basically it's about a woman in her mid-20s she's like 26 and she turns 27 throughout the course of the book and it's <laughs> whoa <I know. laughs> what big things are happening guys Time she had passed. a birthday over a course of a year i know man it's like a big Revolution. moment guys but she's living in pre 9 11 new york city mm-hmm. so it takes place was this it was written post 9 11 yeah it okay. was written okay. in 2017 or 2018 when i read about oh, it So basically, she's like in her mid-20s. She works at an art gallery, and she's super apathetic about everything in her life. And we find out pretty quickly on that her parents had died when she was in college and left her a ton of money. And she currently, like, rents out her parents' house that they used to live in. So she gets, like, monthly checks as well from the people living there. So she's set. She doesn't really need a job. She ends up getting fired from the job that she had because she found that her favorite thing to do and all she ever wanted to do was sleep. She also had, like, a really shitty boyfriend and was basically, like, 
at one point, the very beginning of the book, she kind of is like lost control of her life and decides that in order to make life bearable, she's going to hibernate for a year. So from mid-June 2000 to mid-June 2001, she calls it her year of sleep. Yeah, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's about her like going on this journey of sleep for a year. And it's a novel, very much not true. I was immediately drawn to it because I also love sleep. And it's also my favorite thing to do. So of course I want to read a book about someone who sleeps (laughs) for a year and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Because really if I could sleep for a year, I definitely would. I didn't remember the whole like depression part of the story, but I guess it makes sense if, if someone wants to sleep for a year, it's pretty easily not a great sign of mm. someone having like super happy with their life. Sure, but sure. I I loved it. I also read a New Yorker article about the book oh. when I was like, because I was it just a newsletter. <laughs> no, it was a was real a magazine with an M. Whoa. I know. Not a zine. In 2018. But I'm going to cite this article because I definitely stole some things from it. So in 2018, New York article by Gia Tolentiao called Otessa Moshbeeg's Painful Funny Novel of a Young Woman's Chemical Hibernation. So the writing is really good. It was kind of a fast. I've never read a book like this. And I think it's hard these days to find anything new. But it was like actually like a novel idea. Like I've never read a book. A novel idea? See what I did there? I never read a book like this. And I want to read more that the author does. And this New Yorker article, like the first sentence was, Otessa is the most interesting contemporary American writer on the subject of being alive when being alive sounds terrible. Oh, I like that. I do like that. But yeah, the main characters, like I said, easily, like you can tell pretty quickly she has some depression. And really, throughout the book, it's reiterated all the time that the only thing she cares about is sleep. That's it. Like, that's her one passion. She, like, has a friend that will come over every now and then. She hates her friend. She's awful to her friend. She's kind of an unlikable bitch. But her one thing that she cares about is sleep. Um, and like it's not like a lovable, sleep? no, like, like that's the just, state just, she wants she to be just in? wants to sleep for okay. a year. Cause I'm trying to picture sleep as a passion, like how that presents yeah. itself. Like I, okay. I do like sleep, but I like feeling rested is why yeah. I like it. But like, you don't want to sleep for 20 hours <laughs> no, a day. No, right. and she very much, that is what she gotcha. wants out of her life. Wow. So she, yeah, she's kind of this really unlikable main character. That we follow around, but there's also some things she says that I think are relatable to anyone who's ever had depression or a mental health struggle. Mm -hmm. Even if you haven't, I think there's a lot of beautiful prose about sleep. I don't know. I'm going to read some things. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. No, I'm just super intrigued because Um, this is not something I've ever So, like, at the very (laughs) beginning when (laughs) they're kind of, like, easing the reader into the idea of, like, what it means to want to only sleep forever... I'm going to read this. At work, I took hour-long naps in the supply closet under the stairs during my lunch break. Napping is such a childish word, but that was what I was doing. The tonality of my night sleep was more variable, generally unpredictable, but every time I lay down in that supply closet, I went straight into black emptiness, an infinite space of nothing. I was neither scared nor elated in that space. I had no visions. I had no ideas. If I had a distinct thought, I would hear it. 
and the sound of it would echo and echo until it got absorbed by the darkness and disappeared. There was no response necessary, no inane conversation with myself. It was peaceful. A vent in the closet released a steady flow of fresh air that picked up the scent of laundry from the hotel next door. There was no work to do, nothing I had to counteract or compensate for because there was nothing at all, period. And yet I was aware of nothingness. I was awake in the sleep. Somehow I felt good. I felt almost happy. This was the beauty of sleep. Reality detached itself and appeared in my mind as casually as a movie or a dream. It was easy to ignore things that didn't concern me. Yeah. Really? That's really beautiful. And mm-hmm. they, I mean, there's so many. It makes me think of like times in my life where things are super freaking hard and I'm like, can I just skip over this? Can I yeah. just sleep and for the next I year? mean, that's really yeah. what she was doing was she was just trying. She had a really awful couple of years with her parents dying and this awful boyfriend and she hated her friends or whatever. She hated everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, I'm just going to fall asleep for I a mean, year. I'm going to hibernate and I'm going to like become this new person when mm-hmm. I wake up yeah. in a year. It's a super interesting concept because it seems out like it's, it's a feeling that we all have to want to like skip over parts of our life, but to like an extreme level that yeah, none of us could really very do. Extreme. It makes me, I can relate to this and the imagery there. And it, it makes me think of times when I am feeling a lot of anxiety about something, mm-hmm. typically something that I've let slip through the cracks and I'm feeling really bad about it or, you know, I'm coming up on a deadline. And there's a weird moment sometimes when I'm in bed where it's like you're disconnected from reality in a way. You're like, I could kind of just keep staying in my bed. And if I stay in bed and don't answer my phone, those things I'm afraid of happening, like getting in trouble or whatever, mm-hmm. your reputation, you feel like, they oh. They can't reach you. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that the passage feels really relatable in that way. Definitely. But, yeah. But then even just like, that feeling of I'm going to withdraw and I'm going to pause. And then when I come back, I'm going to already, I'm, I'll just be this new person. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a cocoon or like a transfer, yes. like, um, yeah. But butterfly. It's, but it's kind of without the acknowledgement. Maybe it goes unsaid. I don't know. But when I have had that feeling in my own life, it, for a while, it would be without the idea of like, well, if I'm if I'm gonna withdraw, I still need to do the work. Like, because you just like taking a pause or getting out of a situation. Mm-hmm. It's like moving to I a new city. You, you like, know what no, I mean? It doesn't change anything. Yeah. But in her mind and her crazy messed up mind, sleep was the work. That's all she mm-hmm. had to do. It was almost like a meditation of sorts where she was just gone. Yeah. Which is and warranted because there is work that happens. It obviously, that. like could not happen in real life if Mm -hmm. someone did choose to do this like it would not work yeah it reminds me of like other books where you fantasize about something like this happening and then you read about it and you're like I mean I guess that's not really what I want (laughs) because I could kind of walk out that fantasy in someone in this like Mm -hmm. other story all of her the passage that you read feels very like the feelings are very relatable yeah there were a Mm -hmm. lot of like nuggets of truth and very relatable feelings throughout this like very absurd yes book, absurd absurd yes. story the but absurd I, absurdity i'm so it. intrigued by this I'm i am like, too what is the format i really what is like, it? like it you <laughs> guys need to read it it just kind I'm of intrigued. goes through it starts at like the first chapter is her like explaining basically why she 
is doing this and it kind of goes back and then starts and goes through the year mm-hmm. so it starts out kind of she has this quote-unquote therapist i'm news quotes because this woman is like very much not mm. a therapist she just basically is like goes to this therapist and says i'm having insomnia help me and the therapist like throws a million different kind of pills at her oh, and as God. long as she keeps coming back once a month she'll get a bunch of brand new pills hmm. so like obviously she's not naturally sleeping 20 hours a day for <laughs> a year oh she's taking a lot of like ambien or a l- there's a lot of fake drugs too well um, i'm shook <laughs> yeah didn't put two and two together yeah, yeah, on yeah. that and then, so basically it goes throughout the story and eventually, as would happen in real life, the drugs stop working and she has this like super crazy peri- period of insomnia and then also a lot of like, well, the reason I've never taken sleeping pills is because I've heard of these stories um, from people that I know that have periods of like sleepwalking or doing a lot of things in your oh. sleep and not knowing and then waking up and she would be like, yeah, that's scary. Like at one point her friend's mother died. And she just, like, took a bunch of sleeping pills one day, woke up, and was at the friend's mother's funeral. And, like, didn't know how she got there. Was, like, wearing clothes that she didn't own. She didn't know how she got them. Like, a lot of stuff like that would happen. She, like, basically hated everything and was thinking that sleeping for a year would fix it and make her want to live life again. I just... (laughs) <laughs> it brings up so much to me like it like what you're saying i just like have so many reactions to that One, i know like the medication aspect of it puts such a a sad and depressing tone mm-hmm. onto you know something that could almost be like a na- naive thought and then on top of that this whole story just feels like a cautionary tale of yes. exactly what you were talking yeah. about of like thoughts that many of us have had but you know in reality like you like yeah what are you gonna you know you're not that's not gonna happen you know, a year is a long time and that also a makes a long me time. draw a parallel to this story this this idea of rest sleeping for a whole year and the pandemic that we have been mm. going through and how I, yeah you know like i read this like last month so it was after the, the pandemic slash it was starting to kind of yeah. lift and i kept thinking about that while i was reading it. i was like well she really would have left this pandemic like yeah you know i don't know in in this moment right now i'm like would i ever want to redo the year plus that we have just had and my gut reaction is no like after going through this i would never want to experience anything that felt so emotional so draining so intense and traumatic but also just it stole time from everyone like Mm -hmm. a year like time we cannot get back you know and so thinking of someone choosing to just skip out on a year of your life which is so precious in itself personal opinion like right but I think that's why she did it is because she didn't feel like life was precious she was trying to get back to that point where and I'm just gonna spoil it spoiler alert at the end she's like after that year she's super happy mm-hmm. and like loved it and thought it was a great idea still don't recommend it for real people yeah. but that was the thing is she hated so much about life she's like if I can step back for a year and really just sleep maybe I can wake up someone who actually wants to go live life yeah which you know like it also makes me think of the alternative of someone who is so unhappy with life thinking about ending it yeah and it's like 
you know, in some ways this feels almost is like masochistic the right word? Like it, yeah. it feels like you're kind of like it is punishing yourself in a way. But she's going into it with this idea of like almost like I'm this is gonna suck so much or what, maybe she doesn't know how she's gonna get to that point where she's happy, but me hearing this is like yeah you're gonna hate this so much that you're gonna, that you're gonna be fueled to yeah. love life in a way <laughs> i have a quote exactly about that it wasn't suicidal it was the opposite of suicide my hibernation was self-preservational i thought i was going i thought it was gonna save my life so like she really didn't want to live so badly that she's like what if i just don't for a year without killing myself yeah. i'm just not gonna live for a year see how i feel coming out of it that is fascinating. It is. <laughs> it's. I've never. I've never heard a story like this. And like you it's said, so it's so good, guys. Yeah. You it should is, read it. Yeah. And it, it is, is novel. Like, you have to like look at it through. Well, it's pretty easy. Sounds An absurd lens, and it's kind of like a satire, in a way. Yeah. But <laughs> not. What it's I was also <laughs> so like has some really good nuggets. Which are, yeah. Like I'm gonna read another one. Please do. I was finally doing something that really mattered. Sleep felt productive. Something was getting sorted out. I knew in my heart, this was perhaps the only thing my heart knew back then, that when I'd sleep enough, I'd be okay. I'd be renewed, reborn. I would be a whole new person. Every one of my cells regenerated enough times that the old cells were just a distant, foggy memory. My past life would be but a dream, and I could start over with no regrets bolstered by the bliss and serenity that I would have accumulated in my year of rest and relaxation. You know, also I, the title of the book at the end. Oh, Boom, I like shit. it when they do that. <laughs> I do too. Boom. You know, there is something to be said. Even though this story is taking a literal approach of this woman sleeping and just w- fully withdrawing in a physical sense for a mm-hmm. year, it's really relatable in ways where people can kind of quietly withdraw um, when they're trying yeah. to work on things or not happy about things. And also just, you know, there there is something to this idea of after a certain amount of time, things being renewed and refreshed. And I, I think about that. I, I have trouble sometimes with keeping up communication with friends. And I genuinely, genuinely want to keep that communication. I want to keep that friendship. There's so many friendships from high school, college, grad school that I would like to keep and I and can just be really bad at communicating. Mm. And so sometimes what will happen is someone will text me and I have every intention of texting them back. I've been yeah. like thinking of the response for a couple days or something, which is overthinking for sure. <laughs> but I like I I don't know. I think it's maybe just like you you want the text to be perfect. Yeah. Like you don't want to just like word vomit a like massive text, you know. So anyway, I, I think about what I want to say and the way I say it. And next thing you know, it's been a week and I'm like, oh, my God, it's been a week. It's like, a what week. the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and then you start to feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, oh, and, and then, then it gets worse. Becomes worse a month, two worse. months. Yeah. But then at some point. It almost like in my heart, like so personally, at some point, it's like so much time has passed. It's like, just acknowledge it and move on. Like, I mean, like if you want to just cold text that person and be like, I am so sorry about that. Like there's a point where it feels like, wow, that was so late. Like, nah, I'm not going to listen to that, you know. And then there's a point where it feels like you can kind of hit reset. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's false. Maybe that's misguided. But I, I... 
kind of get that. Yeah. I've had experience with that too, where I start feeling so much shame about not texting someone back that it's like further not making me want to text them back. And recently I've just been like, I'm just going to own it. Like Mm. I've texted a couple of people and I'm like, I am so sorry. It's been a week. Mm -hmm. I never answered your question, but I'm showing up now. And like, Mm. it's usually, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking on their side, but it's usually Mm. well received, I think. Right. I don't know. But I'm like, also have experienced that, like, I just need to push through the shame yeah. and just rip off the Band-Aid and be like, I can't just, like, let this go anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, translating that, like, having that feeling, but in terms of your life, that I'm actively mulling over <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. It's so, I, wow. this this is it's a, like a fairly, um, I did read it mm-hmm. on my Kindle, so I couldn't tell you for sure how long it is, but it was a fairly quick read compared to like some of the books I'm reading right now I think I don't know I think you should read it it's fascinating and it kind of culminates in basically towards the end of the book she so she worked at this gallery and then she on one of her sleepwalking times runs into a performance artist that she met at the gallery and basically at the end because she's having so much trouble at this one point staying asleep She's able to get a bunch of pills from the bullshit therapist Mm. and basically makes her life a performance art piece where she's, for the last four months, she's only awake 40 hours. So she's awake one hour every three days for the last um, four months of the, the rebirth. And that's just like performance art. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but I guess, so she, it's a fake, she, they do talk a lot about real drugs, but the one that she does this on is a fake one. But, like, she's awake, but not conscious. You know, she's basically sleepwalking. So the artists can do whatever they want with her. So, like, oh, compose. Oh, my no, gosh. Not in a sexual way. Still. Not, eyebrows it, are furrowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, nothing sexual or weird happened, like, in our art. Like, sh- they could pose her and, like, this, this just feels so her sad. Like, and, ugh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's it's very it's intriguing. But book, yeah, and you should all read it. And also, I really enjoy sleep, but I could never do that. But I yeah. still really enjoy sleep. Mm. <laughs> That's the uh, wow. takeaway. Sleep wow. is awesome. Thanks for bringing that You're to welcome. the table. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> bringing right. it back up. Do we have on a lighter note? <laughs> yeah, this week I wanted to bring Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix called Inside. So I'll preface it with Bo Burnham is typically too dark for me as a mm. comedian. I don't, I've like kind of just skipped out on his stuff for mm-hmm. the last several years. But shout out to Katie again. <laughs> she told me to watch it. She's like, I know you're not his biggest fan, but like this new special is really good and you should watch it. But she's like, if he's too dark for you, then maybe pause it about halfway. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Because okay. the end, I didn't watch the end. Oh. What is the title for anyone who inside does not know? inside? Okay, yeah, great. I think I said it. Oh, um, maybe you did. But the premise, yeah. So I only watched the first like two thirds, maybe, okay. and I wasn't. It wasn't that I was like, oh no, this is too dark for me, so I turned it off. It was just like I paused it for whatever reason and haven't come back to it yet. So mm-hmm. anyway, the premise is that he fully wrote a special and filmed it himself and produced it in his like one bedroom slash maybe studio apartment 
and so it like is the essence of quarantine like Mm. in a comedy Mm -hmm. special and if you know anything about Bo Burnham there's like lots of music Mm -hmm. lots of singing like light stuff interesting camera angles and it's funny because like you can see how his facial hair and his hair the length of his hair like changes based on when he filmed (laughs) it oh but the what I mostly wanted to talk about was the first like number that he did it's about like kind of talking about the trauma and everything that's happened in the last year but it's like a song and he's like bringing like comedians to the table and the whole and he's like kind of making fun of himself like what is the white man's comedians like role Mm. in everything that has happened in the last year Mm -hmm. valid like a quote he says in the song is should i be joking at a time like this like he brings up like Mm. uh, black lives matter you know wildfires election like everything that's happened it's like is comedy the right time for this like (laughs) yeah like is this like the right response and then he's kind of like making fun of himself he's like Oh, well, you know, I could be quiet, but I don't want to be because I'm a comedian. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that's boring. So (laughs) And it's just, I found it super interesting because it's a conversation that I think we've had many times. Like, what is all of our role in this Mm -hmm. from, like, a place of privilege? And it's always like, oh, well, I can use my privilege to, you know, do whatever but, like, what's the alternative? I just am, like, quiet and say nothing. I don't know. I just found hmm. it super interesting, but it's from a comedy standpoint. And then the the theatrics of everything was fun and the music and the lights and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Really it was just, this. yeah, it was really. I didn't even know he had a new comedy special. It was really artistic. Well, really just recently came out, right? Yeah couple other things is comedy over should i be joking at a time like this i fear comedy won't help i'm healing the world with comedy (laughs) (laughs) well and like the whole joke is like oh you think you're having a heart attack well just call me and i'll tell you a joke like (laughs) (laughs) it's like he's realizing his privilege and that comedy's not helping but also like comedy does have a place in the world and we do need it in some ways but yeah, I don't know. That that conversation hmm. and that play. I feel like comedy, personally speaking, was crucial to yeah. get through the pandemic. Absolutely. But in very specific, like, he has a point, like, no, comedy's not going to, like, resuscitate you in the ER, you know? <laughs> but especially when the news was just yes. so heavy all the time, I mean... You know, I would read headlines. I would stay up to date on news, but... I didn't even do that. Yeah, I mean, there were times where, like, you kind of would bob in and out of it, but shows like Last Week Tonight and, like, Seth Mm -hmm. Meyers and Trevor Noah, those were the only... Like, those were shows that were really the only way I could ingest some of the news that was happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was hard to make jokes of it, you know? And I feel like... The role of comedians, some of those comedians in particular in this time, was actually not so much to offer jokes, but to be more moral support. And so I know that's outside of the comedian purview. That's a good way to see them, though. That really was kind of the role they had to take on this year. Yeah, especially because, like, it wasn't happening from leadership. The, you know, and then the country was really divided on things. And so... 
people needed something, someone to just be like, hey, I, you know, I don't know you, but like we are all in this together and like we're going to try to offer what we can as much as we can. And that was needed. It was yeah. so needed. But, you know, I appreciate his self-awareness on. Yeah, I I hadn't heard it. Yeah, from that, like so directly making fun yeah. of like his role <laughs> and like clear like clearly I'm watching it so mm-hmm. it is it and other people are watching it like it, it is providing something yeah <laughs> but with all the pandemic material too I really wonder about what time is this being made for too because we're all in it so the you know the shows that have come out that are like replicating and imitating the pandemic it's like cool too soon like i man like i i get it but it feels almost like a time capsule moment yeah that like that i haven't watched it yet but just from what like, you're describing yeah well yeah. and the visuals of him like being in this room and just like moving around in one room <laughs> like that's just so oh, God. how we spent the last yeah. year yeah and also the fact, like, he kind of commented on, like, this project that he's been, this show, this project that he was working on was super important to him because it was, like, bringing him, like, something to work on day to day. And it just, it reminds me of, like, the different random projects and jobs I gave myself in the pandemic just to feel like I was doing something productive. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt so... It just encapsulated the last year for me in just such like a intangible way. Mm. I don't know. I enjoyed it. it. I how really. How long is it? Like an hour? I think the full thing is maybe an hour and a half. Okay. Hour and forty-five. Probably watched about an hour. Mm. Cool. Yeah, and there are like lots of different segments, and it was yeah. good. It was creative. Yeah. It's almost like sketch comedy where it's like broken up into little like bits or kind of yeah okay yeah and then he even makes fun of like his lack of transitions because he like did it all himself (laughs) (laughs) what can't relate i'm just like so impressed with transition how he yeah he like had to set up every camera shot like it was just him and do all the lights all the music all the video editing sounds like tiktok i don't know what he's talking about Like what a what a strange year! Wow, but yeah, it does feel what like a time year. capsule in a way. Like wow, yeah. like even now as we're coming out of it, it's like bringing me back to some of those like deep pandemic moments. Oh yeah, where it was just like yeah. me in the house every day yeah. by myself. Mm-hmm. God, that was such a weird time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I was I, I think I I finished Blackish and the latest season. It's happening at least partially through the pandemic and the mom in the story is a doctor and so they have episodes that are really capturing the feeling from the beginning and I watched one and like just started crying like it's it's crazy to me like we've been in such survival mode and have found ways to cope and adjust and find joy when we can find it and find ways to you know handle whatever we're experiencing but I think like I forget about how much trauma we have kind of suppressed in yeah. just getting through this year. There is a lot of PTSD is the wrong word, but there's a lot of like I can't watch. One that thing, stuff yeah, like mm-hmm. one thing I wrote down is I think it is like 
there's a lot of trauma that's unprocessed in all of us. Like we had a, it was a traumatic year mm-hmm. and a lot of it's gone unprocessed. Yeah. And so we, then we see something like this and it's like, oh my, yeah. it was a really hard year. It's crazy. Especially as we talk about coming out of it where people are kind of like bats out of hell, just like, yeah. <laughs> and like coming back to work, it's like, what did we just go through? Like, what it's was gonna all be that? It's going to be so weird yeah. showing up and being like, like, I'm afraid oh my God. of the trauma hitting us later. Yeah. I think it will. I think I it'll think be it like will. waves and it'll take but years. But we're going to be in public. Yeah. <laughs> like one of my friends recently was saying, like when we went into quarantine, it was really hard, like dealing with all the new things like masking and and having to deal with like work stuff at home and like technology issues at home by yourself. But we were dealing with all that in private. Mm-hmm. And now the reverse oh, is God. we're going to be dealing with reentering the world in public. Right. Yeah. And like, <laughs> how is that? That's going to be harder than I think we realize. That's one thing I'm not looking forward to and have even kind of picked up on some in professional settings of. I think I was talking to a friend about this recently. So in the beginning of the pandemic, it felt like everybody was really empathetic. They're like, you do what you got to do. Like, show up when you just take care of you and your family. Like, do that. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of felt this business as usual creep back in. And it's, I don't love it personally because it felt like, as traumatic as all of the pandemic has been, there have been some silver linings on being able to reclaim some time for you and be able to advocate for your own health and to have that be indirectly quieted again. Like, it's not like anybody's like, hey, deny your feelings. Like, it's not that overt. But I don't want to go back to the way we operated before all this happened. Like, there there are so many things that we've had to rethink and reevaluate how we're spending our time. And I just don't, I don't want to be all of a sudden like, now we're going back to the way it was mm-hmm. and it's not we haven't learned anything in the last year right. about personal space and privacy and so true that's why i don't want to re-enter too yeah. quickly <laughs> man this is bringing up so much for me i i'm just having flashbacks to the beginning and just uh, i was working on like a basically a tv tray for months <laughs> on my right, laptop yeah. And right. like the thing that made it like tolerable was I was sitting next to my window with all these little plant babies that I coincidentally Aww. got like yeah. a couple weeks before the whole world shut down. And I, <laughs> the apartment that I'm in right now, like there, it doesn't get a lot of light and, but there's this beautiful tree next to the window. And so nature was like the thing I could kind of just yeah. pour my attention into. Yeah. But man, that processing where like no one's like, I know we all have our own experiences with that. And it's nice to have some things documented. And in due time, it will be a nice reminder that we can bring up when generations are like, I don't like they don't have any relation to it. I mean, that's going to take a long time since we all went through this. But it makes me think of 9-11. There was a really touching documentary that came out after that that actually was about just like these 
newbie firefighters in New York and ended up becoming a documentary about 9-11. And I remember watching that in history class in high school years later after it happened. And it just, I, it was so touching and terrifying and just brought everything back. And it just really encapsulated all those feelings that we want to push away, but like it's really great to keep them there so that we remember. And so if this ever happens again, I think we have a lot of lessons to learn in how we handled this. Like mm-hmm. it's not not throwing judgment, but, you know, we just there there are things that I think we could have done differently as a community. And ideally, like we'll we'll keep the joy from what happened. We'll keep like all the just the way people were trying to pour out love and humor was great. And yeah. And then in the ways that like we could have done better, maybe that'll serve as a good reminder of all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just nervous about everyone kind of skipping over that process of processing what we went through. I think a lot of hundred percent, and just yeah. like forgetting all the lessons learned, which makes me think it's gonna hit like a moving brick <gasps> months later. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like people are talking about, you know, people just being free. They're vaccinated, masks off, and it, you're right. You're like, there is a lot that we need to. Everybody individually needs to work through in their own way, and denying it is not gonna let it go away. It's just gonna build up into something else later. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, I I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but in the you know in the pandemic there were a lot of people seeking out therapy, counseling, other mental health um, services, and you know I I remember I think I was like going in for a health checkup at some point, and like I had talked about it with my doctor and she was like, everybody is booked up. And it it was a couple months in it. Right. And my, my conception from that was like, Oh, half the country is getting mental health. Like, like they're taking care of the mental health. Good for you. But then I heard a stat recently that was like 40 million Americans sought mental health services over the last year. And I gotta be honest, that number actually felt really low. Yeah, because <laughs> like, there's what three hundred and fifty million of them. Yeah, yeah. forty yeah. million is. Yeah, I don't know what the stats are, but I was just talking to a friend yesterday about how therapists are, have been really hard to find in Seattle specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't, and maybe that's not nationwide, but I think maybe. Seattle is just maybe. specifically a city where we're all like. Take care of therapy. therapy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's really hard well, to find a therapist right now. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a bubble effect. But, you know, it also, like, you know, it doesn't help that I've seen BetterHelp uh, ads on different platforms for months. And I'm like, well, everybody's getting this BetterHelp, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, service. Yeah. Mm. I guess we will see in time. We'll Ooh. see, yeah. Live, well, live live report (laughs) from the field (laughs) breaking news we're doing okay (laughs) jamie's gone back to the office (laughs) lauren and lisa are hiding in a pillow (laughs) fort there is no hope to be found i threw my cell phone away (laughs) (laughs) out the window goodbye oh my god i do have to say kudos to Bo for taking this on and thinking about this and producing it within such a traumatic uh time period definitely yeah Yeah. give it a watch if not just for 
the first 20 minutes it's good there's some yeah there's some other good numbers in there too but the first one really struck me well we have chatted y'all's ears off (laughs) yeah Yeah. some fun nuggets (laughs) lots of yelling (laughs) some lower Lower. higher (laughs) moments we're everywhere yeah well have a good week everyone (laughs) and we will chat with you next week see ya Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that's inspiring you or bringing you joy that you want to share, please send us an email at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. And follow us on Instagram at wrdpod as well. If you're looking for more information, you can find all our show notes and more on our website, whatyourreadingdude.com. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. You can follow him on Instagram at the Real Kalindo. Stay inspired and see you next week.